Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. I want to tell you the story of how we started this project, Mr. Bannell and I starting the Paradise Paradox, what we've achieved with it, what we did right, and what we would have done differently had we started it again. And I want to tell you about a new project that I'm going to start working on called Cryptonomics, Basic Principles of Cryptocurrency Investment. So, let's get into it. I don't know if I've ever told the story of how we started the Paradise Paradox, but it went something like this. I was in Guadalajara after Aaron's wedding, and he came over one day. I had this apartment above a carpentry workshop, and in between the noises of the saws and whatever that was going on downstairs, we're having this crazy conversation talking about aliens and UFOs and stuff and this channel being Ra, who supposedly comes from another galaxy and was channeled by some psychologists in the United States. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So we're getting very excited about this. And as many people do when they have these conversations, we weren't high, by the way, but we kind of felt high just vibing off each other's energy. And we said, you know, this is some good stuff. This is some crazy stuff we're talking about. Other people could get something out of this. There must be somebody out there in the world who would enjoy listening to these crazy bastards crap on about aliens. And the next day, we went and bought a lav mic for Aaron, and I pulled out my Rode Podcaster, and we plugged it in and set up my webcam mic, my terrible webcam mic. I think it only recorded in 480p. And we got right into it. We began this project not exactly knowing where it would go or what the hell we were doing. And I think there's something kind of cool about that when you have no idea what you're really doing, but you jump in and, and do it anyway. It's kind of punk rock. It's like, what the fuck does this instrument do? Well, I'm going to find out. And Aaron later said to me, it, it was great how I kind of pushed him a little bit and said, come on, well, let's do this. Let's, let's start this project. He said, if I'd never done that, he probably wouldn't have got started with it. And, and we wouldn't have started this uh, kind of fantastic journey of self-development and learning to be a, a more effective speaker and improving our investigative skills and all these things and our, even our, our comedy, if you could call it that. Later, it, it took us some interesting places. So, for example, 2015, we asked Juan Galt if he was going to the, the Latin American Bitcoin conference and he said, yeah, he said he got press passes we're like, what? Press passes? Or he told us earlier that he got press passes to the uh, campus party, which is a technology event in Guadalajara. Guadalajara is like the, the Silicon Valley of Mexico, so they say. 
And we said, oh, you know, I wonder if we could do that. And Aaron, using his networking skills, fired off a few emails. I think the fellow's name was Rodolfo Entrañez, this Argentine fellow who runs the, the Latin American Bitcoin conference. And he replied in a couple of days saying, yeah, sure, we'll put you on the list. You get the press passes, no problem. And that was pretty cool because we w walked in and uh, had to maneuver a little bit and co convince them we, we really were press or whatever it was. They didn't have a name on the sign-up desk. But eventually we got the passes. I had that press pass hanging on my wall for a while. Like, yeah, it's, you know, everybody's a journalist these days, but now I have a badge that says it on there. <laughs> so that was uh, an interesting step in our journey and we went uh, I, I was like pushing Aaron and Aaron was uh, networking around the conference talk, talking to people like crazy going going off bouncing off the walls like he does and we managed to interview I think about 10, 10 or 12 people at that event we interviewed Jeff Bowick and and uh, and Andreas Antonopoulos and who else? Amanda B. Johnson, I, I interviewed for the first time at that event. And I remember standing there with Jeff and I just had just had this this camera set up and you know, just a microphone. And I, I only had like four hours sleep. I think we just took the bus in the night before from Guadalajara all the way to Mexico City. And uh, standing there, sleep deprived and and so nervous, and uh, <laughs> I had to do a couple of false starts on the recording, and and uh, I was like, oh Jeff, I'm just so uh, I'm so nervous. Uh, I, you know, I watch your videos all the time. I don't know what to say. And he's like, just relax. This is, I guess, this is in a way that's uh, as simple as it was in in Jeff's mind. Of course, for a long time, I actually imagined appearing on Jeff's channel, the Anacast, on, on YouTube and his, his podcast. And I would see people go, come on to his podcast and, or his uh, YouTube channel and think, well, why can't I be on there? Why can't I be on there? It's a little bit of envy, that green monster. And sure enough, one, one day, out of the blue, Jeff sent me a, a message on Facebook and said, hey, I love your show. Do you want to come on Anacast? And I didn't need to think twice. I said, hell yes. In the weeks leading up to that interview, I actually thought about that. There's this idea that I have called the gift of tongues. Well, it's not exactly my idea. The, that phrasing is actually from Robert Anton Wilson's book, The Illuminatus Trilogy, where he, t he talks about one of the main characters, Hagbard Selene, getting up on stage where there's a riot about to break out and he just starts producing, like weaving these threads of gold uh, from his lips. And he basically tells everybody the exact thing that they need to hear in order to settle down. The gift of tongues, one conception that I have of it is like this. Say you have this great truth and the truth goes really deep, like so deep it's hard to uncover it all in one glance, but what you can do is get at parts of it. And if you can phrase things in the right way, 
then you can actually speak to multiple people at once. So you're saying the same truth, but you're portraying different levels of it depending on who is listening, depending on what they're ready to receive. And that's what I tried to do. If you go back and look at that interview on Anacast, I thought, hmm, what are some things that I can say that are true for everybody, but that are especially true for Jeff? And you can see in that interview, I blew his mind at least a little bit. So we had these great things happen as a result of starting this podcast, and it's it's pretty amazing in a way because the, I mean the YouTube channel still only has a thousand subscribers, Facebook page four four thousand followers, you know, Steam Steam it we have a few thousand followers on there, but somehow you know managed to maneuver a little bit and and get some connections in interesting places. So the external rewards are always cool. It's great to have those things. I remember a couple of years ago at Anacapulco when my song to Acapulco was used for the promotional material for the event and Juan Galt said to me, you know, it must be great, like you're getting all this attention and it was true, it was, it was a little weird actually, like women were swooning and stuff and I was like, hey, hey yeah, you know, I'm, I'm alright, <laughs> uh, it's a little intense when people act that way like you like act like you're a big deal or something it's it's a little odd but it's of course it's cool to have the attention you know it's cool to have your work recognized by people and Juan said to me you know it must it must be really nice like you must be enjoying it I said yeah it is it is nice but the true reward is in the work the process, the creation, making something, that's where the reward really comes from. And I think when I say this, uh, people probably think that I'm being false modest or, or something like this. I remember when I first heard an idea like this, it was like Sting got up at some music award ceremony and he gave a little speech and said, listen, you can perform for a crowd of thousands. You can perform for a crowd of one, an audience of one. He said, it doesn't matter what size the audience is. It doesn't matter who likes it. If you play music, it will fill your heart and delight your soul. And I thought, well, that's easy for you to say, Sting, like you've got all these millions of dollars and things. But as time went on, I found out he was right. He was so right. <laughs> that's what really counts. When you look back at your work or you've had a day, you, you've made something and maybe you look back on it weeks or months later and I'll be surprised at the things I said, like that was really well phrased and precise and incisive and enlightening. And I think I made this. 
And it doesn't matter what happens after that. It doesn't matter if the tape gets destroyed or the, the universe collapses in on itself. There's nothing that can erase that fact. I made this. And that's something special. That deserves a moment of pause. I made this. It is so. I made this. Amen and aho. It's true. The real reward is in the work. The real reward is in the process. The final point. Well, not, not quite the final point. But the new project I'm talking about, it's, it's called Cryptonomics. I've already registered the domain name, cryptonomics.space. When we started the Paradise Paradox, or when we would go through our, our business goals, Aaron and I would write down and would would say to ourselves, and we'd write it on the top of the page on the document, we'd say, we're building a media empire. That's the vision. That's the dream here. I have this analogy, like, this is like the Wu-Tang Clan, like, nine of us come together. Actually, it's only two of us, but nine of us come together, and then it's like a super group, and we each go out separate ways and have our own projects. The cool thing is, yeah, we kind of did start building that media empire. Uh, like, if you have a look on Steam, and I've got these few thousand followers, and the amount of money that I've received from that has changed my life so uh it's really cool uh if you've never looked at steam it i recommend you have a look at it and especially if you're a content creator so one thing we did right when we started the paradise paradox paradoxically it's it's something i probably wouldn't do again uh the thing that we did right was jump right into it without basically without any preparation and that was really important because you got to get your pen on the paper when you want to start to write. That's how it goes. I like to use the metaphor of entering the temple. So when you first go to a temple, you don't actually know the rules that precisely. And that might make you cautious about entering. At that point, the most important thing you can do is to enter the temple. Take that leap. You have to take that first step, and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. The next time you enter the temple, be prepared to enter the temple. So have your mindset on. Take off your hat. Take off your shoes. Dress appropriately. And that's what I intend to do. I intend to prepare carefully going into this next project. One thing that we did wrong... From the beginning with the Paradise Paradox, first off, the name. What the fuck does that even mean? I mean, it's kind of evocative. And people kind of know, like, people have this vision of, of, a, of an oasis and the, the, where things are actually, things look nice from the outside, but they're ruined on the inside. Or things look terrible from the outside, but they're great on the inside. And you never actually find that paradise so i think some people get some kind of idea of what we were trying to express but it doesn't actually tell you anything about what the channel is going to be right like and i thought for some reason i i knew that was the the standard advice in the podcasting sphere but for some reason i thought we could jump past that and make something that sounded really cool better to have something 
that sounds descriptive. And if you can make it descriptive and cool, well, that's, you know, that works a lot better, obviously. So clearly defined niche. So cryptonomics, you hear that, you know what it's about instantly. It's about, well, if you're in, if you're in the target audience and you know what it's about it's about economics and it's about cryptocurrency what else you know i don't need to spell it out for you so this is some tips for you if you plan on starting a podcast or a youtube channel these are some things you can do to get it going well right from the beginning you go into fiverr or onto upwork you can get a logo designed for about fifty dollars or less than a hundred dollars we went on there eventually like a year after starting this project and uh, got a venezuelan lady to make us a logo and it looks really nice uh of course you want to get an, a nice website that's that's one thing we did pretty well from the start there's a there's a lot of cool wordpress templates that you need uh, that you can get your hands on um, but it's difficult sometimes because people don't necessarily have great taste in what makes a website look cool uh, so you might want to get a second opinion another thing is another really cool tip if you have a podcast or YouTube channel, use Orphonic. That's A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. So when we started, I spent a lot of time fiddling with the audio and trying to make the levels right and put compressors on it and try to get it to peak levels consistently and all this stuff. Turns out you don't need to do that anymore. We're living in the 21st century. Go on Orphonic. You just upload your recording and you know with your music in it or whatever it is and it'll automatically adjust the levels pretty cool you know who needs an audio engineer anymore these things uh, these things pretty amazing and also upload your thing automatically to youtube and to your website and to soundcloud or whatever services you want more or less so another thing okay Make a cool intro. The intro that we have on the Paradise Paradox probably looks a bit dated. I made it in Vegas myself. It looks kind of cool, like a broken TV or something. But why not get a professional to do this? My friend Seamus said to me the other day, the most capitalist thing you can do is use the division of labor. So use the division of labor to your advantage. Get other people who are good at what they do, to do what they do while you do what you want to do. <laughs> Simple. Memes. Memes are so important. I asked my friend Luis Fernando Mises, how did you get 50,000 likes on Emancipated Human on Facebook? And he said two things. Number one, memes. So if you remember, maybe you've seen one of Luis's uh, speeches going back a few years, he talks about how his page was never going to take off because it was too intellectual. That's what somebody said to him. And he said, ah, that's good. And they're like, no, it's, it's not good. <laughs> you need to find a way to get people where they're at. So memes are a great way of doing that. You know, you have this two line one line of text and it's very accessible very shareable and people will share them so if you're starting a facebook page or something else on social media 
definitely do that, put up a bunch of memes. So what I'm going to do is make about 50 memes about crypto in advance and probably take take memes of other pages so I can share them, schedule them. So I have 50 days of memes rolling on like the hills into the horizon. And that way I'll be well set up. I wouldn't need to worry so much about the social media stuff. You know, someone with a lot of discipline would probably do really well at this stuff. I don't necessarily have a lot of discipline. So the idea is look for hacks, uh, set your set yourself up well and prepare yourself so you don't have to be perfect. The second thing Luis said to me was form alliances with other similar Facebook pages. So if you say you have a Facebook page, you get up to a thousand likes or something and you find 20 other pages which are similar maybe they they have around a thousand likes or maybe they have a little more or less and send them a message and you say hey listen i have something that can benefit the both of us i would like you to give me editor privileges on your page and you can get editor privileges on my page so that means when you want to share something cool and give it a signal boost you're going to gain from it. And when I want to share something cool, likewise, you get the idea. Also, Facebook groups, which is something that L. Dixon told me. You make a meme, find the relevant groups. So the meme is, say, say it's about cryptocurrency. You join all the crypto and Bitcoin groups on Facebook and you share it in 10, 20, 30, 40 groups. And all of a sudden, your meme goes from like 10 views to 3,000 views or maybe 10,000 or 20,000 and then other pages start stealing your shit and there's nothing you can do about it because Facebook is the wild west but that's fine that's all part of the game it's actually an honor when another page decides to steal your meme that means you really know that you've done a good job and that's what counts so also if you're starting the facebook page from scratch what you want to do go into chrome and get the invite all plugin so you just go facebook go to your page and invite friends and then click on the button the plugin for invite all and it goes through and invites all of the friends on your friends list my buddy Super Ego told me one of the ways that he got the Boombox Saints, his his rap crew in Milwaukee, to like 5,000, 6,000 likes on Facebook, he just said to his friends, hey, listen, uh, do you want five? Uh, do you want to do me a favor? First he says, you do me a favor. Jump on my Facebook page. I'll, I'll give you editor privileges and you invite all your friends. And they're like, hmm. I don't know, man, seems kind of spammy. And you say, all right, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you five bucks or 10 bucks or a free bait or whatever it is. And a lot of them will do it for you. So this is a pretty cool way to get some new fans and it, a lot cheaper than paying Facebook to promote your posts like thousands of times cheaper. That stuff is so inefficient. So it's a, it's a good way to get people on board. And you know, they're friends of friends, so they probably have similar interests, more or less anyway. So what I want to do as well 
make 10 videos in advance so I have the content 10 weeks ahead so I don't need to scramble to try to get the content together the day before it's due. Uh, having those videos there in advance makes it easy for me. That way I can work on com coming up with more videos, always have the buffer, and then I start maybe interviewing people about crypto. This is another note that I've written. Okay, make things look cool. Okay, that's pretty important. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's <laughs> that definitely is important. You know, when I first started this, I would like wear dirty old t-shirts and stuff. It took somebody on one of my Dash videos commenting and saying, look at you, you slob. Look what's behind you. You have a nail in the wall. I bet you hang your wet clothes on that nail. I was like, that's oddly specific. My question is, what do you guys think? I've done this project for a while and I've had some great results on some fronts, but in some other ways it seems like fighting an uphill battle, trying to gain subscribers and, and stuff like that. I'm not complaining because I am gra grateful for every su subscriber that I have and I've had a great time doing it, so it's not that much of a big deal, but it's good to apply yourself, take right action. Be incisive and improve yourself. That's valuable and fulfilling. They say, when does a tree stop growing? When a tree stops growing, that's when it's beginning to die. So as people, we always want to continue growing. We're like trees. <laughs> and that's why I'm wearing this t-shirt. So what do you think? Tell me, let me know, uh, do you think there are some cool things that I could do with this new project or with the Paradise Paradox? Another thing I want to say, I want to send a shout out and send a whole lot of love to Anacapulco, all the beautiful people in Acapulco, Guerrero, Mexico, Luis Fernando Mises, Anam Pashanta, L. Dixon, Kelsey Cooper, uh, Katie Kelly, Chris Guida, a whole bunch of people, probably too many to list right here, uh, especially the Freemans. Nathan and Lisa Freeman generously offered to fly me to Mexico just on the off chance that the authorities didn't notice that I'd been deported. So that was very, very kind of them to even think of me. So I'm thinking of all you guys and... Um, I'm a little bit heartbroken, to be honest, especially last night when I saw that Killer Priest actually performed. I was like, what? How did I miss? How did I, how did I miss uh, this Wu affiliate performing, you know, in this wonderful place? Uh, but that's all right. You know, there's, there's plenty more time for many voluntarist conferences in this life. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being really cool. Lots of love to all you people, all you wonderful people in Acapulco. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Enjoy yourself. And remember, life is beautiful. La vida is bella. Adios. Adios.